listening to The Defiant Ones, a behind-the-scenes look at the world of Defy. You're listening to The Defiant Ones. This is, I believe, episode five. And today we're going to be talking with Artemis Spencer, a.k.a. Artie, former Defy champion, all-around nice guy. Uh, we have a great conversation. He really overcame some adversity with a, a life-changing injury that could have resulted in him potentially never wrestling again. But he overcame that. And, uh, you know, 2020... It's going about like it is for everyone else with uh, Artie, but, you know, we had a great conversation, and uh, we're excited to get into that. But before we get into that, I'm speaking with one of the people behind the scenes that makes Defy really happen. Uh, This is Annie. Annie, uh, she is the redheaded badass that is running around selling you pins, selling you merch, uh, and she really has a lot more to do with it than you might know. Uh, First off, Annie, how are you doing? I'm pretty good. How about you? I'm doing, you know, pretty good-ish, 2020-ish, you know, pretty good. Mm -hmm. Good considering. That's what I say. Good considering. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, before we uh, jump right into some news and whatnot, um, I I was curious, how did you get involved with Defy originally, and uh, what is your role? uh, What's your role specifically, would you say, like your title with Defy? Yeah, so um, it's kind of funny how... Defy stumbled into my life mm-hmm. and I stumbled into, you know, Jim and Matt's um, and everyone else's. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of fun. Um, so, I come from a completely music background. Yeah. Um, I started booking shows for music when I was 15. Um, I lived awesome. in New York at the time. And uh, yeah, I used to just book a lot of like pop punk, like hardcore bands. Um, and just kind of fell in love with that, went to school for it, all that fun stuff. Um, and moved to Portland and started working at some venues here. Um, one of those being the Hawthorne theater, which we know as a defies home in Portland. Um, and yeah, I used to be the talent buyer there, which is basically a fancy term for, I booked all the shows there. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, that would include talking to Jim about having defy be at the Hawthorne. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how I first met Jim, um, through email. It was very brief. Um, and then during that time I was quitting, um, from being the talent buyer there. Um, I wanted to go back to kind of doing freelance stuff and working for different people Mm -hmm. at different places. Um, so I ended up doing merch for defy at the first show in Portland. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I've, I know that venue very well. And I've also done like production management for a really long time. Okay. So I went early in the day just because I didn't have anything else going on. And, um, I basically just showed Jim around the venue, Mm -hmm. you know, and we just were talking and everything. And I think that we worked out really well, you know, and, um, doing merch for them. I had like a new organizational system and like spreadsheet and stuff like that. And, uh, a couple weeks later, you know, I had told Jim too, I was like, Hey, if you ever need someone in Seattle, like, let me know. And, um, a couple weeks later, I have an email in my inbox saying like, Hey, we're looking for like an assistant producer. If that's something that you would be interested in. Um, and it's funny because I didn't 
know anything about wrestling and yeah. I still kind of don't. Um, but yeah. it was, it was fun because, uh, yeah, I just kind of got to dive into a new industry and do that. Um, so yeah, I started out as assistant producer, which I did a lot of things, um, pretty much whatever Jim asked me to mm-hmm. do. Um, just to help out before the show, definitely during the show is probably the biggest part of my job. Um, and then, yeah, from there, I just kind of moved up and now I'm just a producer with him and, and Matt. So super cool. Um, I've loved getting to know wrestling world. So yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, I'm glad you, you joined the defy family and, and, uh, you know, I just wanted to kind of shine a little bit of a spotlight on, on some of the people behind the scenes that people don't always get, um, you know, uh, to know as much, uh, as the characters inside the ring now coming from, you know, the world of like hardcore and pop punk to the world of wrestling. What, uh, what are the differences and what is the same? Oh, there's so many parallels. Um, I think the first thing that really stuck out to me was I went to defy at Washington hall. That was kind of like the initiative of like, all right, you're going to come and you're going to work for defy. Like Jim was like, all right, come to the show and just like take it all in and see if you like it. And then if so, like you have the green light. And just from like walking into the building up to the balcony, I ran into like three people that I knew. Okay. Nice. (laughs) So even like not, I live in Portland, you know, so even not living in Seattle, I was like, wow. And like, there's a handful of music people. Um, one of the video people, um, Nick Gatman, Mm -hmm. we actually used to work for the same promoter in Portland. Yeah. So it was just this kind of like mind blowing, like worlds colliding that I didn't even know about, you know, that like, it's such a small circle. Um, well on the independent, yeah, would... on the independent wrestling scene not to not to butt in but on the independent wrestling scene um everything's diy and and you know when you were booking shows at 15 you know hardcore pop punk and and, and uh working on that ground level it's diy too so it definitely has that in common yeah absolutely like there are so many parallels like between how a show is run Mm -hmm. and kind of like the steps that you have to take um when i i usually you know would talk to like music people about working wrestling you know they'd be like oh what's it like and i would tell them that it was basically like the same as a music show but like times 10 because there's so many more moving parts Mm -hmm. like you know, a standard music show, like as I'm sure, you know, you know, there's like a tour manager and then there's like the leader of every band basically. And then there's promoter. And that's kind of like the economics of that. Mm -hmm. Whereas in wrestling, like no one really has a manager, like Mm -hmm. at the level that we're working at and you have people like not everyone's coming from the same destination. You know, there's like all these logistics that I didn't even know would be a thing. So it's been really cool. Like just kind of diving into that and getting to know everyone. Um, I would say a huge difference in wrestling as opposed to music is I'll probably get in trouble for saying this in the music community, but people are a lot more respectful in wrestling. Like I would Hmm. say, yeah. Like one thing that really made me love defy is that I was at the Hawthorne and everyone just came up and started shaking my hand, which yeah. like, even if there's a, yeah, which people are like, yeah, of course they did. Um, but even like in music, if I was like, I'm usually the person cutting the check to the artist Yeah. and I've had people just like shoulder check me on their way out and never say a word to me. And like, they don't care that I just paid them five grand to like do a show, you know? So they, they got really a cool nice guy. When, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, or like they don't give a shit who you are sorry if I can't surround here, (laughs) but you know, like they don't care who you are because 
you know, it doesn't matter. But in wrestling, it's like everyone genuinely respects everyone in the room. And they don't have this like preconceived notion of like, I have to be a cool guy. Like I have to do this. You know, they're just very respectful to everyone in the room. The nice thing too, is that Defy has such a strong roster of Mm -hmm. talent that we use time and time again that, you know, typically in my job in music, I'll see someone and then not see them for a year or maybe ever again in my life. You yeah. Know? So yeah. It's cool to have that like sense of community. Like I definitely feel that was missing in my life and in my career. Um, so it's really cool to have like the same core group of people who I can really like depend on and yeah. show up every time. So what are you working on these days? I know um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about cards for kids and uh, the the kind of function and the uh, little operation that was going on just past this past week on video with uh, some of the Defy wrestlers and the, the Defiance. Um, what, what was your um, idea behind this? And then what was the turnout like? Yeah, I mean, it was the turnout was amazing. Like, way I I go into things expecting nothing, so then I'm never disappointed, which yeah. I think is a great philosophy, especially as a DIY promoter. For sure. Um, so I try to try to carry that with me. Um, but yeah, basically, it's kind of a sad tale. But um, so when I've always been involved with like Relay for Life, which mm-hmm. is um, like the American Cancer Society's biggest fundraiser. And um, there are a couple years there where I would um, send cards to all the cancer survivors around Christmas time. Yeah. And that was kind of like a thing I just did myself and like I felt really good about it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, yeah, as time moved on, um, one of my cousins actually was diagnosed with leukemia um, and she was like 14 years old at the time. Yeah. Um, So I did this huge thing where I wanted everyone to like send her a card for Mm -hmm. her birthday. And, um, yeah, so I've just kind of been into, I think that like, there's definitely a connection with sending someone snail mail and just like how happy they get when they receive it, especially if it's like handcrafted. Um, so this year I was trying to think of something to do, honestly, not even with defy, just with some of my friends. And, um, I looked up if there was an organization that did that and I found, uh, cards for hospitalized kids. And I thought it was really cool too, because they distribute them to all kids, you know, like, Mm-hmm. There's no weird, like I'm sending this directly to a 10 year old yeah. and I have to get their address or anything like that. Um, so yeah. And then I was like, Oh, it'd be really cool to get defy involved. And every wrestler I talked to was completely on board. So that was really great. Um, yeah. And we did it on Twitch. Mm-hmm. So that was interesting because I've never used it before. Yeah. Um, but one of my good friends is like a Twitch streamer and he yeah. helped out a lot. Um, but anyone who was there knows there was a lot of technical difficulties. <laughs> so, uh, appreciate everyone for sticking through that. But yeah, I think it's a really cool platform. Um, we got a lot of cool stuff. Um, I know the people listening can't hear this, but Jim wanted a robot snowman and this is what I came up with. <laughs> oh, it is definitely yeah. robotic and a snowman. Yeah. And I like it. That's awesome. Yeah. It kind of looks like a cake with a frog on top. But yeah. And then, yeah, I got, um, yeah, this is the Robo Santa that, uh, Ricky Gibson drew, um, Robo Santa. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Some kids are going to love that. The kids are going to love that. Lots of cool stuff. Yeah. There's one of Sonico. So, Hey, he's got a big head. Just like he does in real life. (laughs) I know. Just kidding. Just kidding. It's it's to scale for sure. Uh, but, but yeah, it's been, it was really fun. And, uh, the turnout was great. We raised over $300 for organizations. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't expect that. Honestly, we set the goal for a hundred. So, 
to triple that was really cool. Um, and yeah, all the donations were from like people in the defiance, you know, it wasn't from like random people who were just on Twitch. So that was really cool. And I'm excited to use that platform a little bit more and kind of do some fun stuff. Um, yeah, I'm thinking like fall guys, like Guillermo versus like Brian cook or something like that. You yeah. Know? yeah. <laughs> Cause yeah, there's so many possibilities for it. And I feel like it made a lot of people happy to kind of like see the wrestlers, you know, and see us just like doing something for a good cause. That's awesome. Everyone getting together, getting the gang back together, you know? So absolutely. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. But, but yeah, otherwise, um, I work with a nonprofit called half access and mm-hmm. been doing a lot of fun stuff. Um, in the same realm, I'm currently sending out 250 postcards for them. Wow. <laughs> basically say Merry Christmas or happy holidays. And, uh, just like, what we do is we promote venue accessibility. So it's a lot of us reaching out to people, um, to try to make venues more accessible. Um, so we're mailing them to venues in all 50 States, which is really cool. That's Um, awesome. But yeah. Yeah. Otherwise just making candles and watching weird TV shows all the time, uh, trying to stay busy and yeah, just trying to send out merch stuff to people when they want it. And, you know, promote our coffee with Anchorhead and stuff like that. That's right. Defy has its own coffee blend with Anchorhead, so check that out. Is there any one? Is there one place uh, for Defy the for the Defiance to check out all the merch and, and stuff that you have going on? Well, we're actually on the down low. Um, we're <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. On on the public note, um, the Defiant ones note. Um, we're going to launch a new merch store. So cool. it's going to be a little bit different than the one that we had before. It's going to have all the stuff that I've been spamming people about yeah, and then some online exclusive stuff. So look out for that soon. Um, of course, like the patrons will be the first people to hear about it. So that's awesome. Yeah, super excited. Yeah. Well, before we intro this episode with Artie, do you have any final words for the defiance? Ooh, I miss you guys very much. Um, can't wait until we're at Washington hall again. Um, and I hope you're all doing well and thank you for always supporting us. Well, uh, now before we jump into it, I want you to do the intro. So as cheesy as you can, I want you to say, here's Artie. Here's Artie. (laughs) It's the defiant ones. And, uh, I'm on the phone via zoom with Artie, Artemis Spencer, former defy champion, defy world champion. How you doing? I'm doing really good. Thanks for having me on. Of course. It's uh it's good to talk to you. It's good to see you. It's been an odd year. Uh I how have, I mean, it's needless to say probably as good as everyone else, right? Right in this weird time. But I get, I have to ask, how are you doing and how are you staying safe and sane during 2020? I'm I'm doing good. You know, I I was say staying safe and sane by like continuing training, but more recently in BC they kind of shut down all group training and stuff like that. So I'm slowly losing my mind now that I can't get in the wrestling ring every once in a while. How um how was uh, the the training during during the time uh, where when you could was it, did you guys uh, have some pretty good sessions and turn out pretty good and how how were things yeah. going? Yeah, you know, it was going. It was going really good, but like, um, you know, the COVID stuff. Like, yeah. you know, we try to like make sure everybody signs their COVID paperwork and like cover everybody with as much hand sanitizer as we could buy and stuff like right. that. Right. You know, 
<laughs> Instead of baby oil like regular wrestlers do, you just cover yourself in hand sanitizer, right? Yeah, it just it just reeks like alcohol, and everybody's all lubed up. And <laughs> Good times, man. Well, okay. So, when was the last time you actually wrestled? Um, what was? Do you remember the last date or your actual last like live wrestling match? Oh no, I don't. It was a lifetime ago, Artie. Yeah, it feels like so long ago. <laughs> this is something I could just like nudge the wife and she'd be like, this day. But like, no, yeah, it's, it's been a while. It feels like a lifetime. Absolutely. Okay, so uh, you said nudge the wife, and I do have to mention that your wife is also a professional wrestler. Uh, in case anyone doesn't know, who is your wife? My, my wife is uh, uh, the professional wrestler known as Nicole Matthews. Yes. So did you guys meet through wrestling i'm assuming that's right you, you met through wrestling yeah like like a lifetime ago it's crazy in training uh yeah 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 well <clears throat> well I was, i've been wrestling a little bit longer than her so i've seen her around but we got to know each other training that's yeah okay kind of happened nice so uh you're originally from uh vancouver bc is that correct or is that where you were born uh no i'm, I'm kind of i'm from a suburb called maple ridge okay yeah i'm pretty pretty close to vancouver but yeah i don't like to be announced from vancouver from maple ridge because it's just a little suburb so i say vancouver so tell me a little bit about uh your your um early days what um were your parents into wrestling were your grandparents into wrestling how did you discover it no no nobody was really into pro wrestling it was kind of um my brother was more into pro wrestling than me and I, uh, being like, he's my older brother and like everything he does is not cool. Yeah. Right. So I like, I thought pro wrestling was dumb cause my older brother was into it for so long until he started backyard wrestling and bringing all his friends over. And I'm like, Oh my God, that looks like fun. And yeah. I go play with my brother and he like throws me in the couch and stuff like that. And that's how I got into pro wrestling. I'm reading the uh, Young Bucks book right now, and they're they were big uh, backyard wrestlers, um, and and their dad built them a ring, which it m- blows my mind because we had the most sketchy makeshift, you know, uh, not not a ring. Um, what was your setup like? Oh, I, I, I we didn't take backyard wrestling very seriously. There was a, a time me and my friends had some mattresses out on the grass, but never never to the point where we made wrestling rings. But I started I started uh, training professionally pretty young at like fifteen. Fifteen. So yeah, that kind of stopped my backyarding days when I got into a real rings. So tell me about that. Fifteen years old, and you're what? You're able to convince your parents they have to sign a waiver at that point. Oh yeah, they, they had to sign a waiver. Well, um, I don't know how I convinced my parents, but I know a big part of it is my I didn't really do anything when I was a, a young kid besides okay. like wanting to play wrestling with my friends. And my uh, my older brother, he uh, played all the sports and did all the mm-hmm. stuff, all the extracurricular activities, and they were spending so much time driving him to and from places. They're just like we got to do something for, for, for this guy too. So yeah. they like, I'm like, I want to do wrestling. And they're like, okay, we'll take you to wrestling. And they, yeah, that's, that's kind of how it's going. So before you get into the wrestling school, I mean, 15 years old, that's super young, but you must've had some sort of light bulb moment. Was there a moment when you were watching and, and you thought like, that's going to be me or I have to do that. Or do you, do you have a moment that like really stands, um, uh, as, as like, 
I want to do that, maybe a match, maybe a, an event or seeing it live or what made you want to be the wrestler? I think it was seeing it live because like I would have watched the stuff on TV and everybody was so big and yeah. jacked and stuff like that. And I was this, I was so scrawny, right? I was so scrawny and small and I'm like, I could never be a wrestler. And then I started going to in, independent wrestling shows and the wrestlers were just terrible and out of shape. And I'm yeah. like, that could be me. I, I can be a wrestler. <laughs> I can be like if these guys look like they're having lots of fun. I'm like I can be a terrible, out of shape, independent wrestler. Yeah. And I'm like that's my new dream is being a terrible, out of shape, independent wrestler that people laugh at. So you, th- th- there must have been somewhat of a like a pretty big re- uh, independent wrestling scene growing up. Like, how did you even hear about that stuff? Because I didn't even know about indie wrestling till you know I was into WWE and then or WWF and then ECW. Then ECW kind of brought me down that I got getting the Pro Wrestling Illustrated magazines and I found out about independent wrestling. But if you're that young, finding out about indie wrestling that's that's pretty awesome. I, I don't think I did it myself. Um... Again, I guess I can give credit to my brother for for introducing me to indie wrestling. But he bought me tickets to a to a to a wrestling show that was in my future high school. Yeah. So yeah, I went to my first indie wrestling school in the in the gymnasium that I went to gym class in high school. So any 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 matches from that night or any moments uh, ring a bell? Uh, anything stick out as memorable? Well, because wrestling's not PC, so I'd, I'd say the most memorable thing, memorable thing was probably uh, midget wrestling, right? And uh, yeah, so I saw beautiful Bruce, the little person, yeah, just doing some, just doing some midget wrestling, and like years down years down the road, I'm like he's he's coming out to the ring with me, really, you know? Yeah, the same guy. So like. <clears throat> Yeah, that's probably the biggest memories. Like, oh my god, a real little person in a wrestling ring. Like, life is complete. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, okay, so 15 years old, you get enrolled into wrestling school. Uh, which wrestling school did you go to? And, and uh, tell me a little bit about uh, what, what it was like being, you know, 15 years old, wrestling probably people twice your age. Uh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, it was uh, the ECCW school. It was called the House of Pain back yeah. then. And it was a really nice school. Like, I think wrestling was doing well for a little bit there. Yeah. But I, but I also know that, like, they weren't too fond of me being there, but they definitely wanted my money. Okay. Like, I, even at, like, when I was a kid, I'm like, I could tell these guys know that I'm there just to hand over some monthly dues they didn't really care <laughs> care for me i could tell like these big jack guys walk in the door it's their first day and they're like oh please come right in right <laughs> like yeah. step over this little kid <laughs> like get him out of the way they didn't really care too much to have me there but you know i, was, I stuck around you know i outlasted all the big giant guys so who who were uh when you pictured yourself becoming a wrestler at that age who were you trying to model yourself after did you want to be like a sean michaels or do you want to be like you know brett Hart? who were your heroes you know what like i i always loved chris jericho okay uh, I, yeah. I remember specifically when i got into when i first started training i just loved sa rios do you remember yes <laughs> yeah. poppy chulo <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, you caught it. I was, uh, yeah, I remember somebody I actually mentioned the, who I, like, looked up to and just, like, seeing how he, like, went nowhere and he just did, like, eat and <laughs> Sunday Night Heat yeah. and stuff like that. really did anything big. But, like, I was all about S.A. Rios when I was a kid. Wow. Like, yeah, I was, I guess, inspired by the Lucha, Lucha style right away, right away. Well, you know, if you play No Mercy, WWF No Mercy on Nintendo 64, you can still be S.A. Rios. Yeah, and the moonsault is like his moonsault. That's great. The big giant moonsault was only his when you do the creative character. I think his valet went on to do a little bit more than him, though, Lita, so. (laughs) Yeah, I might have noticed that as well. So you're 15. You're inspired by Chris Jericho and S.A. Rios. I think two legends, um, definitely on the same caliber. Um, you know, as far as their accolades in the wrestling uh, world. Uh, what was your first uh, first day like? Tell me a little bit about like, um, you know, taking the bumps and and what it was like uh, learning that trade and and learning the the art of wrestling. Um, you know, did you take to it well? Did you get your the, your the shit kicked out of you as a kid? I they were definitely uh, rougher with me than I uh, was expecting. You know, like they had no. I don't know. I, I picture now if like somebody comes into pro wrestling and they're just like a scrawny little like I was 130 pounds. Yeah. Right. And I was like just as a little strong. And I, I pictured like the stuff they did to me, just like bumping me and throwing me down to the mat and like chopping me and all that stuff. And I, I'm like, okay, that's just the way it is. And I couldn't imagine doing that to somebody nowadays. You know, it's like definitely a different time. Sure. But like, like right, right from the beginning, they had no problem bumping that child. <laughs> hey, did it? Uh, yeah, wow. Well, I guess it taught you to um, be strong. I don't know. I can't justify that. I don't know. <laughs> there was lessons there. Yeah. <laughs> what? Uh, how long did it take before you started to feel comfortable and like you felt like a you know legitimate wrestler? Uh I don't know. I think when you're like a little kid, like a teenager, I think it's, you know, I, I think I felt comfortable too soon. You know, I see other people kind of come in and like wrestling wasn't, especially on the indie level, wrestling wasn't as good back then. Right? Yeah. So you see your peers and you see what they can do. And I'm like, I can do all that. But then you don't, your, your, your peanut teenage, teen, your peanut teenager brain doesn't realize that you're like a 130 pound, like scrawny kid. Yeah. Right. You see these like grown ass men. And you're like, I'm better wrestler than them. But like, no, they, they look like wrestler. And that's a really big part of this whole thing. Cause it's a show. Right. Yeah. Um, did, did, um, going, um, see, let me rephrase this. When, at what age did you have for your first match? Uh, I was 16. 16. Wow. The, the match I consider my first match. Cause I, there was like lots of student shows mm-hmm. and fair shows and stuff like that, that I was involved with the, the, the match that I consider my first match was in December of 2002. Wow. And, and, uh, yeah, I wrestled uh, Aaron Idol. Who was like the biggest guy there back then? Yeah. The, yeah, I was 16 and it was in like Port Coquitlam. It was pretty close to where I grew up. So I had like lots of friends and family there to yeah. turn me on. And I was wrestling under a mask back then. I don't know if you knew that. What was your name? Um, 
I started off as my very first match, my very first student show match. I'm like, I think um, I can't come up with a name. And my mask kind of had this swoopy on it that I designed. I didn't have a name. Yeah. And someone's just be just be Halo because it kind of looks. Oh, okay. Looks Halo. Yeah. And uh, and I'm like, okay, I'll be Halo for one night, and then I'm gonna come up with a better name. And then yeah. I was Halo for six years. Wow. Okay. And uh, did you ever think like to incorporate the the video game Halo into it? Like start dressing in full Halo Xbox gear? I'm pretty sure I was before oh, Halo wow. Xbox. They stole your gimmick, brother. I'm an old ass man, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, so uh, you know, in your time of so. You start at 15, you're 16 years old, and that was 2002, 2003. What are some relationships that you've, um, I mean, obviously, besides your partner that you met through training, um, uh, that being Nicole Matthews, and we mentioned before, uh, do you have, did you have any, uh, anyone that like kind of took you under their wing or maybe was kind of like a mentor to you or anyone that you met, uh, that really helped you out along the way? Um, Aaron, Aaron Idol. I don't know if you ever heard the name. Have you? I have not heard the name, Aaron Idol. I actually, you know what? I've let me rephrase that. I have heard the name, but I have not seen him wrestle. Okay. Well, yeah, he was um, he was well above anybody else wrestling around those times in in DC, right? And like, um, he was only wrestling for a few years, but he got so good so fast. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and he took it so serious. We trained so hard and like. Yeah, I think he really could have done something, but uh, I don't think it was the right time for him to get noticed. Well, uh, so what brought you down to the uh, Washington State area? What brought you down to start wrestling in here, and when, when did you start wrestling down in Washington? I think I, I didn't really cross the border too much yeah. for, for wrestling for uh, like quite a few years. Like I would go over to do like seminars. Right, because like I would do an uh, uh, do a, a, a fit family seminar, which was cool. awesome. Yeah, but like I wouldn't cross the border too often for wrestling. Um, but then uh, uh, Defy Wrestling popped up, mm-hmm. and at the time when Defy Wrestling popped up, I was uh, I was injured. I had like a a, a a really bad injury that I got from work, and so like. I didn't even know if I was going to wrestle again, but I just like, all like, ah, the defy wrestling popped up. Yeah. Oh my God. I wish I could do that. And I was just like doing my rehab and healing up the best I can. And like, as soon as I started wrestling again, I contacted them and yeah, they had me in there and yeah, that was, that was a big game changer. So we can't, we can't just bulldoze over that about the, the injury. We got to talk about this, man, the adversity of Artemis. So, uh, first off, what, what, what's your, uh, your quote unquote shoot job. Now I'm cool. Cause I'm using like, you know, under underground wrestling phase phrases. What, what, what's your real job day to day and what, what happened to you, man? How'd you get injured and, and how long were you out? Yeah. Um, yeah, 2006, early 2016. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm sorry. I'm a, a iron worker, structural iron worker. I work with a steel. Oh, wow. And uh, uh, I got crushed under this uh, heavy-duty rough terrain forklift. Jesus uh, Christ. Yeah, I was on the outside, and something swung into me and knocked me in the road of this um, big forklift, and it ran up my foot and it crushed my ankle and my foot. And, 
yeah, that uh, t- took me out of wrestling for almost two years. Cause I like, um, yeah, it was, it was a bad day. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. It was, uh, it happened, um, uh, early 2016. Yeah. And, uh, I was off work and off wrestling for almost two years. So, yeah, but I was, uh, I made a point cause I, I didn't want to go a whole year without wrestling. Uh-huh. You know, so I wrestled in two th- early 2016, and I had this injury, and I really wanted to get back to wrestling, and it broke yeah. my heart to think that I didn't wrestle a year of my mm-hmm. career. So, like, I, I worked really hard to have a match at the end of 2007, in December of 2017, right? So so I didn't miss a year of wrestling. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know. It, it did it, something. was it too soon? Did it, did you hurt pretty bad in that match? I was, I was in way too much pain after that. And I'm like, I'm like, I don't care. I'm doing all the reverse Ranas and four. Oh my God. <laughs> so, so were you in full like rehab mode, um, for, for that long? Like, and, and, and did you have any surgeries you had to have or I had uh, surgeries? Like, um, I feel like sometimes I talk about this injury too much, but like, um, all the little bones in the bottom of your feet. Mm-hmm. A lot of them, like, I, I, they didn't tell me the number of breaks yeah. that I had, but there was, like, they had to dig in there and kind of reassemble everything and um, attach what they could. That's and so nasty. They couldn't attach, right? But uh, they, they did what they could, and, and my foot ended up looking a lot more foot-shaped by the end of it, so I'm very, very wow. thankful. And, uh, Resembles a foot. Yeah, right? <laughs> so, like... Well, if you ever see me wrestling, just know that I'm I'm uh, my right foot looks like a mummy, and then a brace on top of that, right? So if you ever wonder, like, hey, why can't Artie jump as high as he used to? It's, that's the reason. I don't think anyone's asking those questions. We see you doing some pretty pretty gnarly stuff in the ring. So, wow, it's it's kind of a miracle then that you're even able to like wrestle at all. I'm, I'm, I feel really lucky. I think I had a, a really good surgeon that put me back together. And, uh, I think I'm dumb enough to push past a little bit of pain. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I count myself lucky for sure. Cause I thought for sure I was done wrestling when that happened to me. So let's, let's, uh, talk about that a little bit. Like seriously, were you seriously thinking like I might not be able to wrestle or was there that doubt in your mind? Absolutely. Like, oh, right from the beginning. Yeah. Because, like, I was pinned under this machine, and before it was off of me, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to lose this foot. Yeah. Right? Before they could, like, they, they, they got the machine off of me, I, I thought, for sure, I'm going to be an amputee. You know? And that's what everybody said from kinesiologists, physiotherapists, wow. surgeons, and stuff like that. They all said I was very, very lucky to keep it. You know, and like I know I had like one of the best surgeons in Canada work on my foot because I had like a couple surgeons be like, I'm not touching that. Yeah. <laughs> so they like, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I count myself lucky for sure. So you're you're back to the uh, so you said that when Defy first started up, you were you were still injured. Yeah, yeah. I think I attended. Mm, like I kind of my memory's not the best. Um, I think I attended a, a Defy show as a guest with Nicole Matthews, and I think I was still walking with a cane. Okay, right. So, <laughs> yeah. Was Defy your first match back? 
Uh, no, I wrestled for uh, ECCW okay. in de- December 2017, and uh, I got to request my opponent. It was uh, Ethan HD. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Shout out to Ethan. Um, yeah. So, uh, before we get into a, a lot of Defy stuff, I, I'm curious, because you are a Canadian wrestler, uh, and, and every time you come down, you have to go across the border. Have you ever had any weird situations where, because, like, you know, I'm assuming, you know, it's just kind of weird. Obviously, nobody can really do that now during the pandemic, but have you ever been, like, denied access or anything like that? No, not really. No. But like, I think it's... um. I think that's more of a issue for people that wrestling is like their main thing. Like is wrestling is, is what they do for a living. Yeah. Right. Like uh, wrestling's kind of a hobby for me. So as soon as people kind of realize that I'm, I got a other thing going on there. Like it's kind of okay. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so you get to, you get booked on defy. Um, and, uh, what was the, what was your first uh, moments at defy? Do you remember? I'm sure you remember. What was your first match and what was, uh, what was that night like for you? Um, it was, it was, it was cool. It was so surprising cause I was off wrestling for a while. Yeah. Right? And then I come back and I'm like, I really want to wrestle for defy. And then I, I, I come to the show, and then I'm in this, like, the 10X GP thing. Oh, that's right. And I'm, like, out, out of nowhere, and I look at it, and I was like, oh, I'm winning. That's so weird. And then, I don't know if you know this, but wrestling can be kind of predetermined from time to time. No. Okay, let's what? not talk about that too much, okay? But, like, oh, my God, I'm winning this. And, like, and I like some of it was kind of put together for us. And I'm like, oh, I'm beating this guy and this guy and this guy and this guy. I'm like, oh, okay, so they're okay. Yeah, I'll 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 do that. And I, I'm like, maybe they're gonna make a thing out of me. And I was kind of like, oh, that's that's great to to see. And yeah, yeah. So I wrestle all these guys, and then I had to plan a lot of this match. And there was like ten other guys in there, and I could tell like a lot of other people were excited, and everybody wanted to get their stuff in. And I look at the time, and there's like there's not enough time to get all these people's stuff in there. So it was just like boom, 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 boom. It was a it was a wild, wacky match. Yeah, I definitely remember that one. Um, so let's let's back up for a second. And and this I know this is going to sound a little fishing for compliments, but you said you really wanted to wrestle for Defy. Why did you really want to wrestle for Defy? Well, about, I think I think for a, a lot of years the uh, uh, Northwest wrestling scene uh, needed to get noticed, mm-hmm. and like right away when Defy happened, it looked like they had like such great production, mm-hmm. and uh, and like they were bringing all these people in. I'm like, I was thinking for years, I'm like, this is absolutely what the Northwest needs. I, I know every small wrestling scene says like, Oh, all we need to do is get noticed, but <laughs> I can't help but feel like it's true for the Northwest wrestling scene. And I think for a large part that a lot of people did get noticed out of here. Yeah, absolutely, man. So, um, when, when we see you in the ring, uh, you know, you're, you're a lovable, but kind of, timid wrestler character it seems like it's kind of like you know you're not like some braggadocious like the ayatollah of rock and roll or like you're not the rock like you know uh you know uh in there kind of just like being super cocky you're you're arty uh you're just nice guy i don't know that i don't know how to really sum it up but like is that 
uh, a character for you or are you kind of just being yourself out there because it the way this interview is going it kind of just seems like you're being yourself uh, I, I think a, a, a long time in wrestling, I tried to pretend to be like the tough guy. Yeah. I put on like a leather jacket and some sunglasses and act like a cool guy, but like that's that's never been me. And yeah. like, once I realized that I can just just kind of be me out there and people will accept it, I'm like, okay, that's what I'm gonna do from now on. So, uh, so you get that first match in in Seattle for Defy. Uh, tell me about what your feeling was like afterwards when you go back to the locker room. Um, were you feeling pretty good about the match? Were you feeling pretty good about your first outing at Defy? Oh, absolutely! Yeah, absolutely. I was I was really 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 pumped about it. Yeah, absolutely really pumped. And then I was really pumped to find that there was um, you could buy beer. Yeah, and I was, I was really pumped that I was on early, so I got absolutely hammered. <laughs> and I think I might have—I feel like I might have embarrassed myself a little bit that first night, like saying goodbye to everybody. I think I was like stepping over. <laughs> I, was like, I really like that uh, Rainier beer. Yeah, yeah, Mount Rainier. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I really like that beer. So I guess yeah, that was—I might have embarrassed myself a little bit that first night. <laughs> nice, getting a little too like putting too many hugs there, and, and and everyone's like, "Whoa, this Artie guy is really nice. What's going on here?" <laughs> um, yeah, so what are some other moments? I mean. We're going to talk about the moment uh, with you, uh, with, you know, the championship. But um, tell me a little bit about, like, you know, obviously you work your way up the up the card. And uh, what were some of your favorite moments at Defy that stand out to you over the first couple of years of you wrestling there? You know, I, I, I really liked uh, teaming up with Billy Suede. Yeah. I thought I felt we were like a really good, a really good team. But, um... Uh, a big a big moment for me was probably that um, Defy Progress Wrestling crossover. Yeah, and then I got to wrestle my match with um, Cash and Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Andrews, and uh, yeah, that match was kind of a a roller coaster for me because I was super nervous coming into that one, right? Because I yeah. knew all these like guys from Progress are going to be there, and I got mm-hmm. all up in my own head about it, and uh, I was super nervous about that. And like right at the beginning of the match, right at the beginning of the match, I kind of like froze, and I think I messed I messed some things up. And for the rest of that match, I was beating myself up about it, and just kind of going through the motions a little bit. I was okay. going through the motions, and um, like I was just still doing it, right? But I kind of was beating myself up for making a few mistakes in the beginning, and then I like I was so upset after that match. But little did I know, other people really, really liked it. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and uh, I, I ended up uh, getting tweeted at by uh, some guys from Progress, and uh, yeah, I don't know. That was a big one for me. So I guess other people liked it, even though like. I'm my own worst critic and I beat myself up about it. I was super upset after that for blowing up, just messing up a few things. Well, I, I'm, I go to, uh, well, at least I, I, before the pandemic, I went to a lot of metal shows, a lot of punk hardcore shows and stuff. And you'd go up to the guitarist or the drummer, or the singer and say, man, you guys set was amazing. And they're like, what are you talking about? We messed up one of these songs, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. We were all off key. We totally messed up the song. We didn't even play right. And you're like, what are you talking about? It was amazing. I think that's kind of like you're, you're that person who's just totally because you know what it what it's you, you picture what it's like perfect in your head but everyone else we don't know what it's supposed to be like it was it looks awesome to us yeah absolutely 
another time which was a, a crazy time for a lot of reasons was uh when i wrestled uh ray phoenix and uh i'm like oh another huge opportunity to me like probably the biggest thing i ever did and uh and I think his flight came in late or mm-hmm. something like that, so he didn't get there until like a little, like a little bit before. Because I think his, I don't know, his flight was late, and then there was a mix-up trying to pick him up, right? And I'm trying to keep my cool, yeah, right. I'm like, yeah, this is fine. We can plan the match in 30 minutes, 25 minutes, 20 minutes, right? And yeah. oh boy, he shows up, and I'm just sweating, yeah. right? And he's just super calm. Right, he does, doesn't matter at all to him, and he's like super calm. And uh, like before he showed up, a referee comes up and asks me what my finish is, and I'm like, I haven't met the guy, I don't know what the yeah. finish is, yeah. you know. But uh, yeah, and we go out there, and then again, an, another little mix-up. I got kicked in the face, and um, my uh, bottom row teeth like went right through my lip. Oh my god! I yeah, think I remember I that. I think I was knocked out for a second. I don't know. People, I think I was lying down. I could, sometimes you don't know. Like when you look back, I'm like, am I selling? Am I yeah. knocked out? I don't know. Right? But like, my teeth went right through the bottom of my lip. I think I was unconscious. Finished the rest of the match. Right? And I think it went okay. I didn't remember it too well, but yeah. Wow. And then, uh, oh, yeah. That match was crazy too, because I'm like, Hey, better get back to Canada and get my lip stitched up, right? Yeah, free healthcare. <laughs> right? I didn't want to mess with the United States stuff, so I'm like, let's go back to Canada. Yeah. But uh, I, I didn't realize I'm driving like the two and a half, three hours back home. I didn't realize because it was late at night that I was still bleeding so much. Oh, my God. I didn't realize I was driving, driving, driving for a few, a few hours, and I show up at the border and not until I showed up there and the bright lights from the like border and everybody and I looked down on my own shirt and it's just covered in blood look like you're gunshot wound <laughs> right so I'm just driving and I like I, my my mouth was a super swollen too and I'm just like bleeding all over myself and I just like hello officer because <laughs> I couldn't talk right because my lip was all swollen and they're like whoa what is up and I'm like I was play fighting and I hurt my face and they're like do you need an ambulance I'm like no I've already been driving for three hours and <laughs> it let me through it super shocking because I, I looked like a murderer oh my right? so God. they just let me through the border right and then like I went to the nearest emergency room to get all stitched up how many stitches yeah, do you remember um on the outside of the face I think it was five stitches and yeah. two on the inside wow yeah because I had a second mouth for a few hours there so we've, we've talked about your work injury, um, and then we talk about your wrestling injury. Is that your gnarliest wrestling injury? Oh. No, I think the gnarliest is my dislocated elbow. Because oh. um, I was doing the Phoenix Splash, the twisting, the twisting 450 off the top. What, what match and, was uh, this? Ooh, this was 2015 or something like that. It was okay. the Commodore Ballroom. Yeah. For, for ECCW. And... Um, yeah i decided to be nice and kind of like extend my arms a little bit more than usual so i wouldn't crush this guy because i'm kind of a heavy guy sure to be kind of flying through the air sometimes so every once in a while i would like try to brace my landing a little bit too much 
And I think when I did, as I braced my landing a little bit too much, my arms were extended, and then my elbow popped out backwards the other way. You know, like my elbow joint popped out. I don't That's know if you ever gnarly. That looks like but it was pretty gross. Ugh. Uh, yeah, I think that was probably the gnarliest. I've, yeah, either that or when I dislocated my knee. But yeah, that's probably it. Ugh. People, uh, people that are listening to this while eating are like, "Nah, no, thank you." <laughs> They're like just picturing Sid's leg on nitro, just like. Bleh. Uh, so. Luckily, it did not result in an injury, but it was one of the craziest things that I remember at a Defy show. Take me back to the night when you're wrestling in that big, uh, big multi-man match. I know Swerve was in it, and you flew off the balcony uh, onto a big group of all the Defy wrestlers. So take me back to what in the hell was going through your mind that made it okay to jump off the freaking balcony at Washington Hall? Well, it's definitely not the first balcony I've jumped off. Um, okay. And you know, when we were kind of putting the whole match together, it was just like, ah, we can put a little something here, and we'll, you know, we put a little something there, and like, it just seemed like everybody was just so calm about it. It's like, okay, yeah, just, just jump off there. Um, yeah, no problem. I, I've jumped off stuff. That's a little higher than usual, but whatever. I've jumped off stuff, but it was like, everybody was just like another day at the office when we were like planning on doing that and then i did that and everybody freaked out i'm like come on guys i've been jumping off stuff forever it's like that's it's no big deal i'll do it again i don't care so where does that confidence come from Artie? were you were you a daredevil as a kid were you like a skateboarder or did you do like g- gymnastics or were you just no i think i've just been doing dumb wrestling stuff <laughs> because again like i started wrestling so young yeah you know so it's like since I was a kid, I was just jumping off the top rope and doing stupid stuff, jumping off steel cages, you know? Yeah. That's like, that was my childhood, <laughs> my early adulthood, was just jumping off the high things and another day at the office, I suppose. So you say another day at the office. Um, I'm curious what your, uh, you know, coworkers at the, at the uh, steel, uh, what, what's your job again? Uh, I'm a structural ironworker and welder. So your uh, other welders and structural iron workers, what do they think of you when you tell them their story, uh, your stories about what you do on the weekend? And or do they even know? No, oh, yeah, they know. Yeah, I got lots of people that ask me like, if they know I have a match. Everybody's like waiting on Monday to hear all about it. Yeah, or whatever. But uh, I don't know, like a lot of us, we like we work at heights, you know, because we're we're oh, yeah. buildings and stuff like that. So the heights, Daredevil. never surprises anybody else. But definitely the jumping off part usually surprises a few of them. Interesting. Okay, so you're kind of a daredevil inside the ring and out. Um, <laughs> what was it? Uh, bring me back to the night when you won. Now. What was your reaction when you realized you were going to win? And then bring me back to the moment when you were when you actually won. Um, I've always because you beat back. Swerve. That was big. <laughs> it was yeah, it was huge for sure. It was huge, and uh, I've always I've always had this habit of um, kind of pushing myself down and like stepping back from opportunities. Yeah, and. I got to thank Defy for not listening to me because I think quite a few times that night when 
uh, the plan was set. I said, hey, we can still change. Really? Oh, my mind losing. You know, I think a few times, and they're like, just shut up, just do it. Was that was that is that kind of like a defense mechanism, like a self-deprecating kind of thing, or are you serious? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm. I don't know. I don't know. I just. I'm psychoanalyzing uh, here on the podcast. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can be my psychologist. <laughs> That's cool. Somebody, somebody should. Yeah. Right. But um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I just second guess myself. Sure. Um, trying to deal with my own anxiety because yeah. I know, like, that's always. I think the thing that holds me back the most is uh, self doubt and anxiety. But uh, yeah, they they pushed me. They pushed me, and they said you're doing it, and I'm glad they did because it was like the biggest thing that's ever happened to me and like I, I couldn't believe when it happened and I couldn't believe the reaction it got yeah and it opened so many doors for me absolutely yeah so what um bring me back to that moment what did that mean to you being um being called upon to be the defy champion and kind of like carrying that banner of defy and um you know what does it what does the defy championship mean to you really what does that mean to be the champion uh you know it 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 means a lot like i don't want to get sappy right but like yeah it definitely means a lot and for like a lot of years like i've done a lot of indie wrestling you know just like some stuff and like i was always i always said like i'm not like i don't care about belts and champions stuff like that because it's like you're like i'm not a mark (laughs) (laughs) but then like the defy championship that was that was real like that meant a lot like when that happened i couldn't like the outpour of like support yeah and like everybody was like so good and like it opened yeah it opened so many doors and i feel like it got so many eyes on me and i can't thank people enough like for that opportunity or thank people for like believing me believing in me to like hold that spot you know and like after that i'm like okay maybe maybe i'm a belt mark maybe yeah maybe maybe it does mean something well it's cool that you realize um that you that you're self-aware enough to realize that it does mean something and you and you don't just like brush it off you know as like oh you know i shouldn't i'm too cool for this if like you know if it means something then revel in it you know and enjoy the moment and live the, live that and um we have a really cool community here with the defiance um if you could uh what does the defiance mean to you it's 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 crazy you know i've I've seen fan bases before but like there's nothing quite like yeah there's nothing nothing like the defiance it seems like they they support the wrestlers yeah right and they like they feel like they support each other more than anything i've ever seen it's like even just on the facebook group it's just like it's all positivity and not like yeah it's 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 unbelievable really you know, it just seems like everybody's positive and supportive and like it just pushes all the wrestlers to work so hard and like and everyone, everyone appreciates it. Like you ask anybody when they wrestle for Defy and they're just like, it's unbelievable. The energy yeah. is incredible. And it's like, I, I hope it never ends. You know, I, like, I want this COVID thing to stop because it's really something special. Absolutely, man. I, I think it's really cool that you mentioned, um, you know, that you struggle with anxiety and, and, and issues like that. Um, because I, I know a lot of us do, and a lot of people in defiance do, if you're comfortable, um, 
with talking a little bit about it, I'm, I'm curious how you manage that and, and what are ways that you kind of deal with it, cope with it, and some things that you do for uh, self-care. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's not like the the biggest issue in my mind. It's like uh, it's definitely put on by like <laughs> stage fright. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I think uh, the the biggest thing I do is is train. Like mm-hmm. I train to the point where I like I can really believe in my own abilities. Yeah, right. I see other people and they don't have the abilities, but they're still super confident, and I'm so jealous. <laughs> like I, wish, <laughs> I wish I could be as confident as some of these guys that really believe in themselves. But like I, I like I, I, I really put a lot of effort into this. Like I'm in, I well before COVID, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm in the ring all the time. You know, like mat hours wise, I think I'm. I, I, I try to hone my craft as much as I can. Just maybe just so I can believe in myself and also Mm -hmm. just because I love it but I think that's probably the biggest thing to to be my own stage fright slash anxiety is is trying to be confident so um what now that you know you can't get in the ring and train um just due to safety for the time being uh, what are are you staying active at home do you have like home workouts calisthenics or like cardio or lifting weights or what's your what's your routine or just bonbons on the couch <laughs> there's been a few bonbons but uh the the gym gym like the where i can lift weights yes. and exercise is still open around here okay right so i've still been uh, lifting weights but uh the bulk of my time for, for the last little bit i've been building my own ring because we have a, a wrestling school here cool so yeah. i'm building my own ring and uh yeah we're almost done i think next weekend i think we're going to be 100 percent on the ring so so is this yeah. your wrestling school I, uh, my, mine and a few others, yeah. So there's, there's four of us. There's uh, Billy Swade and yeah. Tony Brony and Nicole Matthews and me, and it's called the Lionsgate Dojo. Awesome. Are you, well, I don't know about right now, right now, but in the future, will you be taking applicants or, or um, new students? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it's too bad because, like, before the restrictions really got bad around here, mm-hmm. um, we were just about to do a tryout, I think, and they, they shut us down like a week before our tryout was supposed to happen, so we were going to have a whole new batch of kids. But wow. I don't know, when, when times do come back to it, we're going to have a, a brand new ring. We'll have two rings in the facility, so a brand new ring. And wow. I've been around there, so it'll be really good. That's awesome, man. When did you feel confident enough to, to become a trainer, to start training people? And, and, and what do you um, do you enjoy that at, even as much as wrestling yourself? You know, I, I think I, I think I like training even more than performing. Really? Most times. Actually, no, 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 Defy beats that, actually. Yeah, fair. Say, okay, okay. But wrestling and Defy beats training. Okay. Yeah, okay, I'll admit that to myself. But, uh, um... I I've always been kind of in the gym training, in the, in the ring training, and, uh... I think I kind of just slowly transitioned into a trainer, but it was not until more recently we started our own school. So I've been teaching people how to wrestle for uh, over over 10 years, but not as official as yeah. I am now with our own school. Lionsgate Dojo. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so I'm not going to take up your whole night. You know, it's getting a little late here. Got to get to sleep. I know you got a normal job to wake up to in the morning. Um, what a... Let's ask, I, I got a couple questions for you, though. Um, 
if and this is like such a corny question but i gotta ask it since you grew up a huge wrestling fan um past or present if you could share the ring and wrestle one person of your dreams who would it be you know i always said uh fit finley nice yeah i think he's always been really special and a great heel you know he's, he's always i've always loved fit finley matches even in wcw when he was yeah. just doing hardcore stuff with a mullet always loved it yeah with a great mullet yeah. just a regular mullet <laughs> you think he would have a few bruises and maybe like a black eye and like a you know a cauliflower ear at the end of it I, I i i'm all for it i got a pretty good cauliflower ear already do you really so i'm ready for well yeah i'm, I'm, I'm right into uh submission grappling so oh i didn't know that uh so uh let's let's talk a little bit about that do you do um that uh do you train like jujitsu or is it just more just like grappling um, um nowadays more it's uh, brazilian jiu-jitsu but um for four years it was a uh, catch wrestling wow there was a, a really good catch wrestling group in uh burnaby bc around here so like, a lot of years i was doing some authentic catch the sketch can wrestling so yeah so and then i kind of transitioned well and then was doing muay thai and wow. brazilian jiu-jitsu and the, that was too much stuff yeah so, lately i'm doing just brazilian jiu-jitsu and i'm like a, a purple belt so do you um do you have a pretty strong passion for that oh yeah i love it you know i didn't <laughs> i only got into it um for a short time, my pro wrestling school was shut down. We were kind of in between places, mm-hmm. and I was at an itch. I still needed to train, and we yeah. found this catch wrestling school. I'm like, oh, real wrestling, I guess. Yeah. And like, I am. Ever since then, I got the grappling bug. That's all I, you know. It's a, a big part of my training regimen nowadays is is real chokes and strangles and stuff. So what you're saying is you could take Fit Finley down any day. <laughs> Depends who's asking. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Don't tell him that. Yeah, we'll 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 DM him this little interview and and we'll set up a match. (laughs) Yeah, a Greco-Roman match. Okay. Um, All right. So we already got some scars from you, but let's let's have the 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 last question be this. I like to ask if you could pick a scar on your body and tell us the story of how you got it. Hmm. I think the the biggest scar is from my like. I don't know. Are we allowed to get gross? Absolutely. Okay, cool. Like uh, my surgery scar from when I got my foot and ankle crushed. Like it was really big before that, and um, sorry if anybody's squeamish. It was a big scar before that, and then you know what? It got infected. Oh no! And it was kind of like on the side of my foot that I couldn't really see, and so it got really infected. And before I I knew it, I, I felt something pop in my foot. And um, I don't know if you ever seen um, Aliens, or uh, yeah, is it Aliens? Yeah, it must be. When when the guy's chest popped open and the alien pops out, uh-huh. it looked like that, where the chest popped open, and like my foot just bleh, and I like I I couldn't quite get a good look at it. And I took a picture with my phone to kind of see what was happening. Yeah. My stupid surgery scar, and yeah, boom, it opened up, and I'm like, okay, let's go to the hospital. It's like staph infection. No, I think it was just a regular infection that I didn't catch as fast because I couldn't really see it on the side of my foot so well. And it just, like, popped open one day, and then, like, um, I was pretty close to needing a skin graft because it was so gnarly and gross. That's, again, something that was going to get people really excited to eat. Uh, That's like Dr. (laughs) Pimple Popper. You ever watch Dr. Pimple Popper? 
I try not to. That stuff okay. grosses me out. Well, that's but, what that just reminded me of. My gnarliest scar, and that's it. Uh, do you have any final words for the Defiance, Artemis? Uh, th- thanks. Thanks for all your support. I hope to see you guys really soon. Absolutely, man. How do we follow along with you, and, and what's the best way to support you during this time when we can't, you know, buy a T-shirt from you at the merch booth? Oh, I don't know. I don't need support. I think you should donate to people that actually need support. There's a lot of people kind of struggling right now. Okay. I'm trying to think something up. I'll post something on my Twitter where I think is is a, a, somebody who actually needs support where I'm doing just fine. Look at this. Good guy already being a good guy. 